All right, we're back. Another episode from the streets of Tokyo. It's the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. I'm Cliff. Chocolate Buddha in the house. We kicking back in the Mobile Man Cave in Shibuya, as usual, our second home. Out here in the streets watching all the beautiful people go by. For me, I'm loving these ladies. They looking good. They're wearing less. And uh, that's what I love about the summer heat. How about the dudes? Dudes, hey, I'll leave that up to ladies. <laughs> but at the same time, people are beautiful all the way around. So, you know, I'm you know, there's some good looking dudes. They ain't as good looking as me, but they out there. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, without further ado, we'll just get down with the get down, my brother. Yeah, so for new listeners, this is a podcast that focuses on the international community here in Japan. Um, when I say international, I mean everyone. That includes Japanese as well. And yeah, so we focus on the creative, the、uh, just people doing great things here in, in the community. I, I, I think that it doesn't get highlighted enough. You know,、um, this is a, this is,、uh, what do you call it, homogenous society here in Japan. So、uh, it's all good the temples, the sushi, and all that stuff. But we, we want to focus on other people doing great things who are contributing to. How dope Tokyo is, right? Ain't no sushi temples and shrines and shit in this motherfucker. Hey, by the way,、uh, international, when you say international, does that include the illegal aliens over here too? It includes everybody. 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 All right. Ain't, we ain't building no walls in this bitch, are we? <laughs> All right. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah.、Just、and、checking. if you've been following the podcast for a while, you know that I guess at the beginning of the year, I mentioned that we wanted to get more ladies on here,、mm. right? Who are doing cool、um, and interesting things here in Tokyo and surrounding areas. And yeah, and we've been doing that. We've had a lot of dope sisters on、uh, the podcast, dope ladies on the podcast. We have another one here with us today. Absolutely. And we're going to let her introduce herself. Hey guys. Hi, my name is Ebony. I live here in Tokyo. I work in music and talent. I've done dance things, done recordings with Japanese artists, you know, just out here hustling like most foreign. Men and women are doing it. So, but my real passion is fashion. Fashion. And we're going to be talking、yes. a lot about fashion today. So,、uh, so exp- explain the type of fashion that you are into, Ebony. Um. Yes. Um, I'm mostly into Japanese fashion,、um, but、uh, that's really vague. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As I just found out. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm into very girly fashion, very feminine fashion. So,、um, I guess a lot of people would use the word kawaii cute. It's kind of in that direction. I think when it was younger, it went more into like maybe Harajuku, cutesy stuff. And I find myself as I'm getting older, taking some of those elements, but introducing other fashions to it and finding what works for me as a grown woman now, which, you know, a lot of the fashions have the. They have the stigma of looking really young for like little girls and stuff like that. But, you know, that's, that's definitely someone's opinion. Some people don't feel that way. I take elements of that and I put it into my womanhood and make my own sort of like feminine, feminine like t- older girl twist on it.、Mm. If that's how I would explain it. Yeah. This is Lee Uehara, host of The House of Life NYC, and you're listening to the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. Yeah, you know, and I've been, I've been following you on Instagram for a while and on Twitter. And yeah, I think what, what was striking was that I saw this woman, black woman, into this, I guess, what you call it, Japanese fashion. And I guess you, you're definitely going to elaborate on this more and talk、mm-hmm. about this, but the presence of a woman of color, you know,、um, into this fashion 
thing, which we mostly see, it's like predominantly Japanese girls right. and you know some white girls as well. But it, it's black people when we do shit, we just always it's lit. It's just lit. Say it. It's lit. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was trying to find the right words to, to describe, but that's but, the yeah. right word. Yeah, that's the, it's lit. It's <laughs> lit. We always yeah. make it lit, right? Yeah, we bring that extra. Element if you don't know what lit is, Google it. Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry, Google. Sorry, people. <laughs> Yeah, so talk talk about that. Like, mm-hmm. um, well, first let's let's go into how and why you came to Japan. Yeah, so let's see. I've been in Japan around eight years, which is nothing for a lot of the OGs here. They're like, "What? Eight years? You just got here?" But for me, it's it's a huge portion of my life. Yeah, you sitting right um, across from one. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I um, came here as a study abroad student in university. And uh, I studied at Kanazawa University for a year. Oh, wow. um, back in New York, I was an Asian studies major, history minor, really into the books. Re- was, I was really academic about my interest in Japan. I think it started off in high school, you know, just like the typical things like manga, anime, very casual with those things. For me, it was music. The Japanese music really got me really young. I would hear the theme songs in the beginning at the end of anime like um, episodes just like uh, Do As Infinity or Utada Hikaru, all of these Japanese mm-hmm. artists. I'm like, I don't know what they're saying, but it's this language is beautiful. It sounds really nice. So I, I think I mostly got into Japanese things through the music. The music caught me. And then the fashion eventually. Similar to Imani. Yeah, we have a very we similar had on background. The podcast. Yeah. Hey, Imani, what's that girl? Hey, Imani. <laughs> Shout yeah. out to Imani. That's, yeah. that, that's what drew her in too, I believe. Very same, the music, yeah. So. The, the music and... Um, the fashion, and then when I went to university, I, I went more in the academic route, and I came here to study. And living here for a year as a student, I was like, this is a really chill place to live. I feel really comfortable here, despite standing out and being black and, you know, being very different. I still felt very safe and comfortable here, and I'm like, I feel like I'm not done here. I feel like I, I could do more things here, and I want to learn more and explore more, and I want to work here so after university, after I graduated in, in New York, I came directly here, but um, I came on the JET program. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, no, yeah, JET. and um, to teach English. My grandmother, all her life was a teacher, and so I had a really, like, I still have a really strong respect for education and teaching. You know, there's a lot of people who will come to the, this country, Japan, and they'll use teaching as, like, a free visa or as a free ticket, which, you mm-hmm. know, that's their prerogative. It's fine, but Facts. I, I take teaching really seriously. So, like, um, I don't know if you've experienced this, but if you tell someone, oh, I'm an English teacher in Japan, they're like, I, yeah, basically, that's what it is now. I don't know what it was like 30 years ago. But yeah. So when I came here to teach English, I was like, no, like, this is great. I can't wait to meet kids and teach them English and teach them my culture and show them, hey, this is what a black person looks like. Hey, like, get used to it type yeah. thing. So I had a great time when I first came here. And uh, yeah. yeah, I think, like you said, for most people, it's just yeah, right. it's just a hustle. It's just a hustle. Yeah, they're, 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 understandable. They're looking more, f- and it's yeah. I'm not right. knocking that either. Um, mm-hmm. It's a good opportunity, especially when you're young. Yeah, you know, do the jet thing. I, I have a few friends who did jet, and yeah, come here, explore the culture. But at the same time, you got to remember you're a professional, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and you're getting paid to do a job, blah 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 blah. But you know, just taking your your profession seriously, right? And, yeah, and, and and I think a lot mm-hmm. of them become jaded. Yes, that's and it. then they just. Tr- paint japan with this certain kind of brush and 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 you know in fairness there are some things about japan that we don't like that we hope changes but you know still right you don't want to paint it 
one side, right? Right, right. You know, but anyway. Yeah, that that was that was sorry. Those were my beginnings yeah. here, and I moved to Tokyo because countryside was not agreeing with me. I'm from New York. I'm a really city person. So I was in the countryside of Chiba for two years, dealing with spiders the size of my hand um, and just real big roaches. And just I I lived next to rice fields. It was really country. Nobody spoke English. I had to speak Japanese. And, you know, it was a culture shock, but it was a wonderful experience. But after two years, I was like, I need to get my ass back to the city where (laughs) I feel comfortable and where I can like I don't got to walk 40 minutes to a supermarket or something like that. So I moved to Tokyo but I still wanted to teach. I did ALT, you know, assistant language teaching for two years in Tokyo. But, um, you know, I always had an interest in the entertainment industry, music, fashion, just media, things like that. I always knew I wanted to work in that field, but I didn't, I didn't think it was possible as a foreign person in Japan to support yourself with a lifestyle like that. I didn't think, like, uh, financially, that Mm -hmm. it made sense. I I knew a lot of people who were doing both. They're like, I English teach in the daytime, but I'm a rapper in the nighttime, and I'm doing gigs in Shibuya, but my day job is teaching, so I always thought, how can you do that? But um, eventually I phased out of teaching, and now I'm doing other things, and it's been really exciting. Dope, dope. And, and, you know, yeah, you, you came here, and you took pride in teaching, but you knew that you wanted more, and now you're doing it. So I, that's dope. Yeah, that's that's the right way to do it, right? Yeah. That's the right way to do it. So uh, what was some things, like talk about some of your experiences teaching in those first couple of years. I mean, how was it at, um, in the JET program? And Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure we got a lot of listeners listening here and maybe thinking about coming here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, via for the sure. Jet. So, yeah, how was your JET experience? It was really good. But the model for the JET program literally is like, Every situation is different. There's no there's no way to say that you're gonna have this experience, that experience. You're you're being shipped off to so many different prefectures, different schools, different board of educations, dealing with different teachers. You might have amazing people, you might have not so amazing people, but it really teaches you how to be open minded and go with the flow of things because there's there's no telling what's gonna happen to you and what your experience is gonna be like. So for me, thank God, I had a pretty good experience. There were a couple of hiccups and things that happened but i took them as lessons basically such as just kind such of as? elaborate yeah yeah we know we like to get into details <laughs> I, yeah. I, knew, I knew you was gonna yeah. do that. we're a little bit nosy <laughs> there's this one thing in particular that stood out to me it's not so good um so when i came from the jet program i it was around the time where like the natural hair movement was like a big thing in the u.s and everybody was like really embracing their natural hair and stuff like that but here i am in japan surrounded by japanese media and you know models and with different hair different body types and stuff like that so i was heavy on tumblr every single day just constantly looking at people who looked like me so i was reminded like it's okay to look like this this is beautiful too stuff like that so i I went natural like for real for real here in japan and at the time i um i was wearing a lot of ponytails which is basically like you know your natural hair up in a bun and maybe like an attached fake ponytail mm-hmm. or i would just afro afro mm-hmm. it to school i did that it's pretty shocking mm. for countryside japan it's, really? p- it's pretty shocking sight it's not something they see all the time yeah you might be the only black person they've ever seen in person ever yeah. maybe for the rest of their lives you walk in the classroom they got those bernie mac eyes <laughs> and they're just like what <laughs> <laughs> want to touch your hair you? and it, also what was confusing for them is that i was really feminine really girly wearing really girly things but it's just like Black hair at the top, so they're just like, eh? like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it couldn't click with them. But um, you know, most of I just taught junior high, 
So most of the kids were like okay with it, but um, junior high for Japan, it's a lot of puberty, it's a lot of emotions. So, you know, they're quick to mouth off, make weird comments, rude comments, say things, mostly boys, but some girls too. But, you know, that's just, that's teaching their kids. And they're eventually, hopefully, they grow up to know that it's not nice to say those things to people. So it's basically related to that. There were these two girls in one of my junior high school classes that I taught. And you could tell that they had a lot of, like, bullshit going on at home. Because those kids will bring their bad behavior to the classroom and they'll act out. So the assumption as a teacher, you're like, okay, something's going on at home that you're act- you're acting out so much here at school. But these two girls, they would like kind of bully me low key. I mean, high key. They yeah. bullied me like uh, they would call me cockroach. Wow. They would say I was ugly, like just making fun of my hair, like just, you know, all in Japanese, of course. But, you know, I understood Japanese. So it, like it hurt even more because like, I knew everything they were saying. I almost wish I didn't know, to be real. But they would just say like really weird and rude things to me, just like commenting on my blackness and the the you know what is it what my hair looks like and stuff like that and I would walk by in the hallway and they'd yell stuff from the second floor down to me as I'm walking by there was one point when I I like when class finished I went into the bathroom and I had to start crying I was crying wow I was crying in the bathroom that was really devastating for me for anyone listening anybody that follows well I'm not going to say that but if if you like listen to a lot of the J vloggers um, called Japanese vloggers, YouTubers, people living in Japan, uh, vlogging about the experiences. You would have come across that type of these these type of stories already. Um, so it, I'm not surprised, you know. So you never thought about after school saying, "Hey, girls, I need to talk to you. Look, bitch." And snatching one by the No, the professional side of me wouldn't have let me do that. Okay, and they would have okay. taken my visa and snapped it in half and oh, sent my ass back to no, New York. Yeah, no, no doubt. <laughs> but I, I, I'll say this. Karma is a bitch, and I'm probably sure those two girls are dating black men now. Look, (laughs) it'd be like that sometimes. Mm -hmm. The funny thing is at graduation, when that class graduated, they were the first two girls to run up to me crying, hugging me. I love you, Ebony Sensei. I'm going to miss you so much. You were the best English teacher. Tears in their eyes, all all love. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Weird. Life is weird, isn't it? Well, you know, it's two things. Like, one, all right. We know kids are kids, right? So kids are going right. to be kids, and they're going to say, um, they're going to say they're going to say disrespectful, yeah. hurtful things, yes. right? But the part that's disturbing to me is that I, I think, I think this needs to be addressed, right? Um, mm-hmm. This uh, Japanese dealing with people who are different than them, who look different mm-hmm. than them, and I think it has to start in the schools. Absolutely. Like not not at the of course the adult level as well needs that education, but it has to start at the kid from the kid level from the yes. elementary because these these kids are the future, right? Mm-hmm. So if you raise uh, a, a kids who are of the future, if you raise them the right way, teach yes. them the right way, then eventually Japanese society will change in, in regards yeah. to how they look at people and how they. Um, treat people. I agree. Not yeah. only in the schools, but at home too. Yeah, at home. Yeah, yeah that's at another home, thing. At um, home. Yeah. I spent a lot of time, obviously, I was a teacher. I spent a lot of time in the teacher's lounge listening to conversations. And I knew Japanese. So just listening to conversations of other teachers. And um, a lot of, not everybody, but a lot of Japanese parents consider teachers as moms and dads too. They're like, you are raising my kid. So a lot of times it would be like, why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you scolding my kid? Like in, instead of the teacher being like, you should be scolding that at my home, they won't say anything. They'll be like, oh, yeah, 
it is also my job too to raise your kid. It's my fault. The teachers will take a lot of the blame for the kids, and the parents will be like, "Yeah, it was your job to raise my kid. That's your job." So, it, like, I feel like at home, they, they, people yeah. got to step up too. Yeah. yeah, and it's a cultural thing, you know, because because uh, uh, you know, I mean, when I was in school, I gave the teacher some shit, and Grandma found out. Oh, that was a belt, brother. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I ended up bringing uh, the teacher an apple and everything. But and I, I had a it's a cultural thing. I had an experience sure. too. Uh, now that I think about it, I, it doesn't like I don't even really think about it. But it, for some reason it came up just now. Like I was at a sushi restaurant waiting to be seated, me and my wife, and this Japanese kid. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he he basically referred to me as black. Right, like okay. he just said something kudo or something. I forgot what he said. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're black or something. Like that. So it's still kind of rude, right? So my wife was just like looking at the parents, like what the fuck, like you know. <laughs> and it goes back to what you're saying that yeah. it has to start from the parents. Yeah, like if you know your kid is uh, saying something uh, that's, not that's so polite, not so polite, mm. you should check them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you should yeah. check them right then and there. You know, there's yes. not a lot of checking happening nah. here if we're being real. No, no. Because <laughs> my thing is, is that you know I've raised a kid myself, and my thing is, is that it's your responsibility. So, but you know, again, it's a cultural thing. The teachers probably feel that yes, you're right, height, height, height. Yeah, you know yeah. that that's. Just and and, their and you said your your daughter dealt with that, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Your yeah, daughter went to know, a... uh, yeah, she went to a school. She's half black, and they you know kid used to throw dirt in her hair. My wife said, no. "Well, you know, help her out." So I told him, I say, "Look, I put a telephone book in my crotch. I say, kick it." Kick it as hard as you can. Kick that cocksucker in the balls mm-hmm. and run. <laughs> if anything happened, I'll deal with it. And, and you know what? She never got dirt thrown in the hair again, you okay. know. So, you know, my way of handling was, look, sometimes you got to stand up. Sometimes you got to throw them hands. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, but yeah, uh, no, nah, it's the parents' responsibility. And I don't think culture has anything to do with it. Teachers are paid to teach. You are paid to, te- play, uh, paid to teach at home. Right. And raise you your go. child. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I think, too, that even the parents, they're just not, you know, especially if you're outside of Tokyo, they're just, they're just not used to dealing with other people. And that's totally fair. Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. coming as a, as yeah. a visitor to, to their territory. So, of course, they're going to have, you know, reactions. Yeah. It's fine like that. But this was like a daily thing for months. Yeah. No, yeah, I get yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Like, this yeah. was weird. And I knew, like, and none of the other kids treated me like this. It was specifically them. And I'm like, there's something going on at home. And they're taking it out on me. So, just, I just had to, you got to pray for them. But yeah, other than that, the rest of my time there, amazing. Kids were real cute, really nice. Uh, teachers were amazing. I had good amount of free time outside of work. I I did traveling. The salary was bomb. Okay, like it was all good experiences. Sister getting paid over here, (laughs) y'all. Did you cry in a good way? Did you have any kids to make you cry in a, in a good way? Like? I'm a crier, so oh yeah. <laughs> Graduation, I was in tears. Okay. They sing these real touching songs. I'm sure you know they sing these touching songs. They're a little bit corny, but then you're like, look at Mika singing her heart out. <laughs> she can't do math, but that girl, <laughs> gambata. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or as my grandma would say, I'm going to pray for that child. She dumb as a motherfucker, but I'm going to pray. <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyway. What did they call you? They call you Ebony, Ebony Sensei? Ebony Sensei. Okay. Yeah, real original, but it's awesome. all right cool so all right then so then after teaching you get into what you really were into which is fashion music and 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 talk about what's going on with you these days with that like yeah um i so i didn't i didn't participate in japanese fashion until i moved here in japan here to japan because um back in the u.s first of all i was in high school 
I had money. I'm coming from, I come from a single mom household. I had what I had. So if I couldn't go up to my mom and be like, hey, mom, can you buy me this $200 dress from Japan and pay seventy dollars shipping. Lolita, Lolita fashion. Lolita. We'll get into that. Okay. Can you buy me this? You know, a really expensive thing because I want it and it's completely useless to my life. She'd be like, "Girl, what? <laughs> you gotta go do some chores. Like, yeah. Get a job. Like buy yourself. Move <laughs> some yards to some shit. Right. And at at that time, like I don't want to make myself sound old, but like you can really buy Japanese fashion like you can now. You can just pop on like any, not any, but so many websites and get it shipped to your door anywhere in the world. But at that time, it was really hard to buy these very subculture, very niche Japanese mm-hmm. fashion items. They were really hard to to find. And when you did find them, they were exorbitantly expensive. Mm-hmm. So the way I participated in Japanese fashion when I was in the U.S. was looking at blogs online, reading magazines, or talking word of mouth to people, you know, that I knew that liked it. But, you know, I was very much alone in my fandom of Japanese fashion, even within my high school there was nobody really in my high school that liked Japanese fashion or, you know, weird shit like other people called yeah, it. Yeah. So I would like be walking in the hallways and like I would have like a picture of, I don't know, like a Japanese rock band on my notebook or whatever. And people walk by and be like, why you got them girls on your notebook? I'm like, these are boys. First of all, <laughs> second of all, the music's great. Like I was, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm, I'm used to being misunderstood. I've been in alternative fashion and, and weird shit all my life. Okay. I spent a large portion of my life gothic. So how did so how did just, how did you I'm get into it. that? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk about the gothic too. How did how did you get into? It? I mean, because like you know, I'm gonna be stereotypical here, right? You know, New York City, the Bronx. Mm-hmm. We we know BX BX. We, we know I'm from Brooklyn, so we know that <laughs> this is not a popular thing. It's not know? the norm. It's not the norm, right? So how like yeah? How did you get into it? Like, what was the in- inception of inception? What was the beginning of like what? Okay, yeah. well you said is the music, but I'm just right. Saying, I mean. Junior high school, mm-hmm. I, I so I, I told you I was raised in New York, yeah. in the Bronx, but I had one year of junior high school that I spent in Las Vegas oh, because we had, okay. my family had a family member who passed away and um, we have family on the West Coast and she had, she had a house in Las Vegas and, you know, it, we were bequeathed this home and my mom's like, you know, maybe this is an opportunity to make things work in a different place. So we, I lived in Las Vegas for a year, but it was culture shock for real because in the Bronx, everyone's black and Latino. Everyone's black and Latino. Pretty Everyone much. looked like me. And then I go to a junior high school in Las Vegas and everybody's white. So it was just, it was a really big culture shock. So I was really exposed to different hobbies, mm-hmm. different people, just different everything. So when I came back a year later to the Bronx, to the same school, and your girl was like gothic as fuck, ah, my so friends were like, you know, the, oh, there go the Oreo. Yeah. Oh, what happened to you? What the white people did to you? Like all uh, yeah. sorts of yeah. really mean comments. And they ostracized me. I lost all my junior high school friends because I quote unquote turned white. Uh, and that's what really did it for me. And I was like, okay, well, I got to find people who fuck with me based on who I am, not on some like outside shit. I started talking to different people in my school, weird people, people that you would walk by and be like, I'm not fucking with them, they look weird. And they're actually genuinely nice people. I started Mm -hmm. making more friends based on the inside and not the outside. Mm -hmm. And I took that energy to high school. Um, Around high school, uh, 9-11 happened. Mm. Oh, wow. So you were Yeah, I was maybe last year of junior high going into high school. Last year, junior high, I believe. Okay. So um, when 9-11 happened September 11th, and, you know, it was it was really scary for people in New York City, I'm sure you know. So yeah. a lot of people were moving upstate. They were like, fuck 
New York City, fuck the Bronx, fuck yeah. the, like we're going upstate where it's safe with the white people. <laughs> like a lot of people did that. So my family, we moved from the Bronx to White Plains. White Plains is in Westchester. It's more suburban. You know, it's it's a uh, it's a different vibe. So I went to high school upstate. And again, I was exposed to different people. It wasn't just black and Latinos everywhere. It was a, a lot of different type of people. And then I, I had this new energy of like, you know, I'm going to make friends with people based on who they are, man. Yeah. And I'm so misunderstood, <laughs> man. I'm going to wear my black shit and you're mm. going to deal with it. Yeah. Like I had that energy. So, um, yeah, I went into high school and I, I made friends and just you get introduced to all sorts of interesting things from people like what's anime oh it's this what's manga is that like a comic book yeah it's in japanese stuff like that and you know then the internet at that time was booming up you get a lot of information from the internet and i did some research and i'm like i really like this stuff it's really fantastical and fun and it's an it's an escape from the the life that i didn't quite like it was kind of like started with escapism i think it's japanese pop culture is like that for a lot of people it's a source of escapism from their hardships so as yeah, I think is it started there as is japanese who like get into hip-hop and oh that's a good point we talked about this in the past how you know um throughout their the day-to-day life you know they have to deal with whatever bullshit mm-hmm. they have to deal with as japanese people right as being you know people of the culture things that we don't have to deal yeah. with so much yes Right, because um, we don't we don't have this. Uh, we're not Japanese, so yeah, yeah. when pressure they of, of uh, just societal what? pressure, yeah, yeah, societal yeah. pressure, yeah, and that mindset they have, they've been taught all their life, right? Mm-hmm. They don't know anything else, right? So, um, and then they get involved in hip hop and and all these other cultures and yeah, all these different outlets, you know, because even they, something I mean, as simple as dressing like sixteen hip-hop. hours a day, they have to be right. Japanese. Yeah, dressing hip hop ish, yeah. urban. They, they they they're like expressing themselves without saying anything. Yes. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's what coaches coaches do. You know, Reggie Casual mentioned that uh you know, he, he said he said cultures should be shared, you know. Um he said he's not too big on the cultural appropriation. appropriation. I mean and, yeah. and that's that that you know, I can see an argument for that, but I think in in a lot of cases, yeah, as long as you um don't disrespect the culture. Yeah, for sure. Outright disrespect the culture and the, and the people of the culture. Yes. And know a little bit of the history. You're fine, you know? I agree. You're enjoying the Japanese culture. Very much po- so. Yeah. yeah. So but there's man. a respectful way of doing things. Yeah. And then there's Absolutely. not a respectful way. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. You represent nice because I seen your photos on Instagram. So you thank you so much. Yeah, you've been featured <laughs> in magazines. Absolutely, <laughs> I see all these visuals we have here. Yeah, she brought you us know? some cool stuff to look I at. Did. Yeah. So how did that happen? Being featured, like um, somebody just saw your Instagram, like, oh, hey. Well, I don't know if it was me being featured. Like, I'm, I'm not. Well, like, yeah, well, like you, a big thing. But, but yeah. you're, you're, you're in it. But you me. know, like just. I'm a really big fan of different genres of Japanese fashion. Like, I like gyaru. I like lolita, certain aspects of Harajuku street fashion and just participating in it and wearing it and just being out on the streets, hanging out with friends in the fashion. You know, you get seen and it's like, it's that one black girl. Always that should be a 109. Mm-hmm. Buying <laughs> shit. It's that one black girl. Always like, you stand out a little yeah. bit. A little bit. When you're black yeah, and lot. you're in this a lot. Yeah. When you're black and in this fashion, you stand out. So, um, and you know, I, I can read speak and write japanese so it's easier for me to keep up on the happenings what's happening and stuff like that so mm-hmm. if i see oh there's an event 
at a club in Shibuya this Saturday. My favorite magazine is going to be there. And they, they're taking photos of just everyday people. They, they call it like fashion snaps. Okay. So yeah, like yeah. a fashion snap is like just they'll, they'll, they'll have it like a regular event. And the magazine people will be there. Like we're, we're going to snap some outfits of people at the party. And you may or may not make it in the magazine. Who knows if we like it. So um, uh, the very first one I went to, it wasn't a club. It was actually the Shibuya 109 Shopping Center mm-hmm. in the front Outside in the front, they had this just, it was like, the magazine is called Koakuma Ageha. And they had a fashion snap and they're like, we're just snapping pictures of people, random people wearing, you know, gyaru, girly, sexy, of the time fashion. So, and I was really into the, all of the brands and the fashion and stuff like that. So I came, you know, in my best interpretation of what gyaru meant to me, I came, you know, dressed out with some friends. And I'm like, let's see what happens. Maybe they'll take pictures of this. Maybe they won't. We'll see. You know, we were the only foreign girls there, so people were staring. And immediately they're like, yeah, yeah, you next. Okay, you next. Okay, stand here. Okay, pose. They they chose. Oh, yeah. They saw us because, you know, Japanese people, they're very gracious in that they want to share their culture. Most of the time they're just like, wow, you like that? That's so cool. Mm. So um, they saw three foreign girls in the line. They're like, yeah, you guys can do it too or whatever. And, you know, I'm all nervous and shit. I'm just like, wait, I don't know how to pose. Wait, how how them girls do it? Hold on. Let me just, like, (laughs) I'm all awkward and shit. And they ended up putting it in the magazine. And they wrote something in Japanese like, the foreign girls award for fashion, like something real corny, but yeah. like it was a big deal to me at the time. I was like, look at me. How did you find out? Did you, did you like already? I was know an avid the... reader okay, gotcha. of the magazine. I bought it religiously every month and I opened it one month and I was through. like, look at your girl though. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go to the local 7-Eleven and buy out the entire shelf. <laughs> I wanted to, but. You, you got, you got more than one copy? Uh, or you just got oh, one. I think I, I think did I send one to my mom? So okay. I did some corny but shit so like you that. Did I was like, mom, so you look did. at your daughter. Yeah, yeah. I, I show her. And she didn't know what it meant. She was just like, That's very nice, Ebony. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That was the first one. The second one was a club event. Uh they were sponsoring some club event. A lot of very famous Japanese models in that subculture were there. And they were like, Yeah, we're also gonna snap photos of the regular women there. And I, I did it as a joke. I was like, Let me just take a picture and they posted it. Dope. So I was just yeah, just I don't know if it if it's correct for me to say I'm one of the first, if not maybe the first black woman in this particular magazine. But yeah, it, it's That's it's really dumb. nice to be able to say that, and yeah. not even on some like clout thing, but like girls need to see this. Absolutely, girls of color need to see stuff like this because yeah. um, if they do feature foreign girls in these like Japanese like Yaru fashion magazines, they're usually white girls. If it does happen, not as often, but if it is, it is that. But I've never seen a girl of color, uh, you oh, know, wow. a, a black girl. Since you've been an avid reader, you never. I haven't never. really seen it again. Okay. No, at a fashion snap. But I mean, we're out here, I'm sure. But um, I'm when I did it, I, I what I was thinking was like, some other girl is going to see this and be like, oh, my God, cool. Now I can now yeah. I feel more confident to wear that fashion, too. That's why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Representation is important. Yeah. Definitely. Breaking yes. barriers and stuff and showing sisters, uh, girls of color that you could. You could do and be whatever the hell you want to be, absolutely, and be beautiful at it. Do it. Hey, uh, for the uh, for the audience. Yes. Uh, you mentioned two words. You mentioned uh, gyaku or something like oh, that. Gyaru. Gyaru. Yes. And uh, Lolita. Could you explain those terms in as far as fashion? Sure. You know? I'm I'm gonna explain it in what I think it is because mm-hmm. the internet trolls are gonna come for me. Uh-oh. That's not gyaru. But anyway. <laughs> they're, yeah, basically, you know how it be. There are two different types of fashion. So Lolita fashion is um, a girly fashion that has its roots in like uh, Victorian and Rococo children's clothing mm-hmm. from like many, many years ago. So the, the general silhouette is like a poofy dress. 
it's got a it's got a petticoat underneath or a crinoline to give it a very cupcake round shape. Um, there's a blouse involved. They're not showing a lot of skin. The dress comes to the knees. You know, they usually have long sleeve blouses or shirt sleeve blouses. Um, the hair can be a wig, like a, a wavy curly wig, lots of cute accessories. And it's just, um, it, it's a very like fantastical and um, interesting fashion. A mm-hmm. lot of girls wear it, I think, because um, when it well, when Lolita first started in Japan, it was kind of like a rebellion okay. towards Japanese society and this Japanese culture. It's like early culture. 80s, right? I think I was yeah. reading it yeah, about it. That's right. And um, just to go against the cultural norms and that word again, escapism. To enter a fantastical world, you know, it has roots in like things like Alice in Wonderland gotcha. and the, the magic of that world and uh, things like that. It, it was um, a form of escapism and just like a, a cutesy way to enhance your life. Something similar to this. Oh, she's cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me and my wife was walking in uh, oh. Shibuya, and I saw this cute girl with this cute pink hair. So would I that like be something hair. like the... That's not really considered Lolita, I think, but it's really fashionable, and mm. I love the hair. She's oh, really okay, cute. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah, they'll have that colored hair, but th- there's no really rules for the color of the hair. It's just, mm-hmm. it's the rules for Lolita, I think, mostly are the silhouette, the, oh. the cupcake dress, big and poofy, and just, you know, the accessories and just the general, like... um girly feel of it i'm getting like real specific but i'm sure if you put these fashions next to each other you're gonna be like ain't that the same as that but (laughs) it it gets real technical with like the length of the skirt the poofiness of the dress and stuff like that yeah yeah because i was thinking i was thinking myself i was like "Hmm, sounds like that antebellum style back in the 1800s you know the in other words the plantation wife owner Owner's wife, mm-hmm. you used to wear them puffy dresses. You ever watch those Western yeah. shows? Something similar to that? It could or? be similar to that because those, both of those things are taking roots in older, Euro- older European fashion mm-hmm. styles. Victorian. Victorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, word, right, word. right. So that's what Lolita is. Mm-hmm. And then and, Lolita um, has yeah. like sub... Oh my sub goodness, so many sub genres. Yes, there's Sweet Lolita which will be more pastel colors, your light blues, your pinks, and it could have like fruits and stuff on it. And it's very sweet as the word is. And then there's classical, which is darker colors, more toned down, and it probably looks more the most Victorian out of all of them, Mm -hmm. if you can kind of picture that in your mind. Then there's gothic, which is basically, you know, taking gothic elements, all, all black, and just um, very dark themes. Which you love. Which I do. Yes, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all Lolita and that they have the same cupcake shape of the dress. Okay. And girliness. But that's all within the Lolita family. So that's that's a fashion. That was the very first fashion I was introduced to as a kid through online you know, Lolita. blogs. Yeah, Lolita. Okay. And magazines. There's an, a magazine called Gothic Lolita Bible that they used to print. And um, they would show lolita fashion and um they eventually started translating it into english and you know people in the u.s got their hands on it and just took off Mm -hmm. so now lolita is like an internationally practiced sub fashion wow um a lot of people know about it so uh, yeah okay lolita is really close to my heart the other one is gyaru Mm -hmm. okay gyaru i i want to say gyaru became mainstream popular 90s okay 90s 
Um, it also has a lot of subgenres as well, but that one is the one where it's like, we don't care what society says. We're doing the exact opposite of what the Japanese man wants us to do. Of uh, course, men participate in it, but women were just like, oh, you don't want us to be sexy? We're about to be sexy. You don't like dark skin and tan skin? I'm tanning skin. You don't like loud makeup? I'm going to contour my nose so it looks like a bird. <laughs> I'm going to wear real big contacts, crazy colors, super long lashes, just insane and i feel like it was a very young style for like high school kids and teens to just like rebel against the culture you know they're very reserved here they don't like the too loud things or yes. the too sexy things but it start and they were it was in a time when japan was in an economic depression so i think it was a lot of young girl japanese girls way to just kind of let out their emotions and rebel they had a slang uh, name for that because we used to see them in groups in Shibuya and they'd be walking around, you know, oh, they'd yeah. be kicking back at the they coffee shop and be <laughs> like, whoa. I mean, we're talking about the mascara around oh, the eyes yes. was like, you mm -hmm. can see it from like three miles away. And they had the dark tan skin with the different loud colors of makeup and glitter mm -hmm. all over their faces and stuff. Sounds like Mamba or Yamamba. Yeah, Yamamba. That's right? what, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. There's, the, there's the Gyaru like genre and then there's like tons of stuff in between mm. like the one i participated in is more towards hime gyaru hime means princess, princess yeah. mm -hmm. so it's the more flowery girly style and then under that bubble is something called uh hime kaji casual princess so instead of wearing big huge dresses like what i'm wearing today is considered hime kaji it's a more casual princess style for every day not as loud makeup not as loud prints or dresses and stuff like that. But this it's all within the Gyaru bubble. So I'm sure what you were seeing, because you were actually here, I'm like super jealous that you got to see this in person. Because oh, yeah. Gyaru is not so much a thing now. But back in the 90s, like oh, the girls, were, they were out there. Even like, the guys the were dre dressed up in the makeup too. Gyaru I mean, they were wearing the makeup. Gyaru-o. Those yeah. are the dudes. So that's what, the, that's what Gyaru-o is. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Gyaru-otoko? That's what the O stands for? I think, I think okay. that must be, that sounds about right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it makes sense, Good right? job. Because <laughs> the dude to be wearing a, a shirt, tie, slacks, shoes, and they wear this crazy ass makeup, you know. And yes. So, and they be, with, I guess those are their girlfriends. They be walking hand in hand. And also, that was their oh, way yes. of just totally rebelling. Oh, it was totally a rebellion. Same, same, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm, same. I'm going to take, society. basically, yeah. I'm going to yeah. make the finger. assumption and say that people hated it. Because it was so loud. I'm sure your normal average Japanese person was like, I hate this shit. Yeah. This is so annoying. But people in the subgenre were like, yeah, man, stick it to the man and stuff like that. And there's a really um, interesting subgenre within Gyaru called B Gyaru. And it's like black Gyaru. Uh. And those are the girls that like hip hop and go tanning and wear what they think like hip hop black girls would wear. And oh, so that's what you call them. I never knew. Yeah. B Gyaru like, will be gals. Mm -hmm. Gyaru oh, basically yeah, is yeah, like yeah. G-A-L. It's like gal. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a magazine. They love black culture. And, you know, they'll have like uh, extensions or dreads, box braids or stuff mm -hmm. like big that. Loop, big loop, gold earrings. The hoops earrings. and stuff like yeah. that. But they stay true to Gyaru in that they're doing their makeup still with the contour, big contact lenses to make their eyes look big, long lashes and stuff like that. So it's like they're taking what they like about black culture and then adding like the Gyaru craziness to it and putting it together. Well, to be honest with you, if they was trying to get with some brothers, man, they were scaring the hell out of me with that <laughs> shit. And I was like, oh, shit. Wake up in the morning to that. Like, It's loud, right? Yeah, it's loud. It's That's loud. part of the point, though. Mm -hmm. Lolita and Gyaru. It was like, that was a huge part of it. It's like, who gives a fuck 
what guys like. Mm-hmm. Like Lolita, Lolita especially. Guys, maybe your typical guy doesn't want to see the girl like completely covered up and in a cupcake dress. Boom, that was the point. It's not for men. Yeah. Gyaru, I feel like, Gyaru is more sexy. So I think there are there's a huge portion of Japanese society that they're into that. They yeah. like it. But mm. the typical Japanese dude was like, whoa, too loud. Freaking weird. Not mm. doing that. But that was part of the point. Yeah. Awesome. Really interesting. Do you get, um, like, just curious, like, mm-hmm. reactions in the street? You know, this black woman and this very Japanese subculture um, type of uh, thing wearing Lolita and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you ever get any reactions in the street? Um... I mean, that I mean, we I, all get stared at, right? Okay, That's so all just, of us, just, isn't yeah. it? But maybe more stares. Okay. Maybe more double takes. Um, I don't. People don't really talk to me in the street. I listen to music when I commute. Probably okay. not really safe, but that's another form of my escapism. Yeah. Um, I started doing that really young because I was wearing loud fashion from a young age. Mm-hmm. If I had music in, I couldn't hear what people were saying about me. So I was. It made me more confident to go out in the street looking crazy because yeah. I had music. But. Um, People, some people have been nice. They'll approach me and be like, in Japanese, like, that's really cute. That really suits you. People will be mean. They'll look at their friend and be like, what the hell she got on? Like, yeah. Laugh, laugh, laugh. But I'm, I'm so, like, experienced in wearing alternative fashions and stuff like that, especially now I'm, like, 30. Like, I'm, it's fine. It'll yeah. mean nothing to me. But maybe if you're younger and you're just starting, that stuff hurts. So I always tell girls who, like, hit me up online, like, I want to start wearing this stuff, but I'm afraid to leave my house, you know, looking like this, even though I like it. And I'm like, wear it in your house. <laughs> wear it in your, walk around your house wearing it. Feel confident in it. Feel like a bad bitch. When you get to that point, then you can leave your house. It don't even matter what people say. Because if you believe it in your head, it don't even matter what they're saying to you. So, like, I always tell people, like, practice wearing it at home first to get the confidence to go out. Because that's what I did. Mm-hmm. But yeah, people stare. They look. Sometimes they talk. But my head's high. And I got such a look, like, a I don't give a fuck look on my face. I think people just give up. Because it's, it's not fun when you're making fun of somebody and they don't react. Yeah. It's, it's oh, always oh, more it's fun not, when they look yeah. like, oh, yeah. they're talking about me. Uh, you ruined my day. Like, yeah. I think that's what they want. But if I'm just like, a, Psh, who are you? Yeah. You're not even on my level. That's boring. Get out of here, bitch. <laughs> so they, they stop. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, you think some people wear the fashion for the sole purpose of getting attention? Absolutely. Yeah. Some is people that, like is that. Is that your? No. I wear things what I, I wear things because I like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure, like Cliff knows, I'll be goth yesterday, Lolita next day, Gyaru next day. Then I wear a dashiki because I, I felt like it. Now, now when I look at your picture, I'm like, okay, <laughs> what is it? What style is it today? What <laughs> yeah. subculture? What subgenre? Excuse me, is it today? I'm participating in more things, but I, I, my, I wake up, and I wear whatever I feel like in that morning. Like I, this morning, I, I feel really girly. I'm just gonna wear a really loud, flowy dress because I like it, not because people expect me to do it, or not because people don't expect me to do it. Because some people they they want the attention. They're like, oh, this is what. This is what they ex- don't expect black people to do. I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. And stand out. Now, nah, fuck that, too. Th- don't mean nothing. Yeah. I, you got to do it because you like it. If you're doing it for attention, you, people can usually tell. You can tell, like, an, I can tell an attention seeker and someone who's really like, I like this and I'm doing it because I like it. But, yeah, that's just me. Totally secure with yourself, 100 and everything. Yeah, that's what's up. You it know, I was, a long time I was reading. A, yeah, yeah. Oh, it does. It does. It's a journey. I was reading the other day that uh, there's a a groping app there's an app for what groping so if you if you're, you're most of the case most of the time women have to deal with this in japan men touching on them oh perverted japanese men or maybe maybe a young japanese i don't know mm-hmm. uh and there's an app to where if you're being groped i didn't look into the details but i think you can hit a button and it'll make 
They're noise, like, it's noise. like a panic button. Yeah, panic button type of thing. I mean, if I it's just... going to help protect people, sure. Yeah. Have, you, have you ever been groped? No. As a foreigner? Knock on wood. Thank the Lord, no. Yeah. That's another thing about the media. They sent out that stereotype, don't fuck with black people. Because you <laughs> might get the shit slapped out of you. Yeah. Angry black woman thing right there. So I don't see no Japanese well, not only that, taking that chance with you. When you're wearing loud fashion here in japan like yaru or lolita or just harajuku fashion or weird stuff people won't people won't fuck with you oh really you, yeah. because if you it look uh, if you wear loud fashion it means you're confident if uh, you're confident it means you're strong if it's if you're strong it means you can defend yourself if if i want to grope you or fill you up or whatever you're gonna fight back you're gonna say something you might even hit me it's it's too much of a you look too confident that's why a lot of the people who are targeted unfortunately they look very normal plain they look plain or, yeah. they look docile yeah. they look like if you do something they're not going to say anything they're going to cower and they're going to cry it's and it's really terrible but a lot of these people who do these things they target people who they think are easy targets that won't fight back so you know you know like students high school students junior yeah. high school students or um working women in suits they just want to get home they're on their phones and they're not paying attention but they look like they look like somebody you could easily fuck with but, you know, I noticed here in Japan, like, guys aren't going to fuck with you if you have a short skirt on and your boobs are out and you have crazy makeup. That's too sexy. That's American. That's Western shit. So they, they, Western see, guys that, they see that. They're like, okay, like That's you, she has confident. courage. She's too confident. Too confident. She's rebellious. Nope. Yep. And that, that scares them. That's not a thing. That's, That's not a thing here that they yeah. like. They like yeah. the more docile, yeah. quiet, reserved. So to them, they're like, okay, mm-hmm. she's going to challenge me if yeah. I try to. So thank God that's not, and I have black friends here who have been grown. I'm not saying you're safe. You're you're all right. Just come out here and be okay. Like it it happens. It hasn't happened to me, but, and yeah. Yeah. Plus with them big thick ass petticoat dresses, you ain't going to feel it anyway. So shit. Don't touch my brand. This outfit was $400. (laughs) I wish you would touch me. Mm -hmm. We fighting. (laughs) You you said it's expensive. Uh, Lolita is quite expensive. Wow. Yeah, the the materials and the methods they use to make the clothing, it's um, it's very expensive and it's hard to do. Some things are hand sewn. Some things they're using very expensive materials and stuff like that. And it's you know it's it's unique. It's original. So yeah, damn right they're gonna charge two hundred dollars for it. <laughs> when it first started, it was more expensive. Now there are more brands that are making their own versions, cheaper versions. But it's it's a very expensive fashion style gyaru you can do you can interpret it in so many different ways mm. you can get your outfit from h&m and the only people that are going to hate are the internet trolls like and fuck them yeah <laughs> you ever thought about getting your own youtube show about you know i mean i would consider you an expert on it oh thank you <laughs> so i mean would you you ever thought about doing like sort of YouTube. like a regular casual thing you you know oh, okay. youtube yeah. is a lot of work can i be real with y'all yeah, youtube true. is a lot of work it and is. if you don't like it you're gonna quit yeah. after the first two episodes i don't like editing videos uh, i just don't yeah i just don't i'm sorry which is why we don't have a youtube channel <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, a it's a lot of work, work. and i work. really respect the people who have channels and they're consistently putting out content content yeah. once a week without you know a doubt and just doing that stuff and I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry. No, but Reggie Casual has a team, though. So Okay, but if yeah. I had a team, though, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I would do some things. But if it's me on my own, it's a lot of work. And, you know, I have work and I have yeah. a life. And it's, it becomes a big part of your life. And, and if- the, the thing is, I want to share information with people so badly. But the best way that I can do it right now for me is Instagram mm-hmm. and Twitter. But that's just now. 
maybe in the future, but for years people hit me up. Why don't you have a YouTube? Please make a YouTube. Black girls too. Please mm -hmm. make a YouTube. I've never seen anyone that looks like you that wears angelic, pretty Lolita dresses or something real specific, right? Mm -hmm. and the, please make a YouTube. And I'm just like, I want to, but I'm lazy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, you could get together with a magazine or something like that or, 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 uh, or get your own crew together and hook it up. But then again, that's going to take time. Yeah. yeah. Before we get out of here, um, I saw something on your, your Twitter, I think it was. Mm -hmm. One of those places. And I thought it was, um, I, I would like for you to share it. And you're talking about like some with the nails, right? Mm -hmm. oh. Some black nail person's nails were featured. Yes. And can you t talk about that? Like, because you you had something to say about that, and I thought it was yeah beautiful. And I normally don't talk about topics like this on social media because I don't want to I don't yeah. want to start arguments. But I felt like this needed to be addressed. And a similar thing happened to another friend too. So and she brought it up, and I'm like, you know, people need to hear about this. So basically, like, um, you know, nail salons here they they have very like intricate nail sets that you can get you can get real long stuff real complicated stuff and um a lot of their advertising is done through social media like instagram and stuff like that so they um the nail artists they post pictures online um of their work so i used to frequent a nail salon in shibuya and uh, you know the nail sets are really expensive i was getting like 120 dollar nail sets and you know they kind of knew me by face like oh there goes that black girl and she back like you know they knew me and stuff like that and I followed them on social media and I noticed like um, the artist after they did a nail set they would take a picture of it and then they would like put it online on their Instagram maybe not immediately but like within the that week or something like that and it was like yeah I did this I did this like that but um whenever I got my nails done by this one specific artist she would never put my pictures on her Instagram not not on the company's nail like Instagram and not even on her personal one where she puts all her work. And I always like made excuses. I'm like, well, maybe she already did that nail set in the past. So it's like, why would I put the same nail set twice on my Instagram? That's fine. I'm like, oh, maybe she felt like she, she didn't do it really well that day. But I always try to make excuses to give people a chance and not jump to like, this is racist because yeah, nobody yeah. wants to be like that. Yeah. So I always brushed it off. It, it happened so often to me. And then I had other acquaintances who were foreign, but they weren't black, that would go to the same nail salon and get their nails done or get their eyelashes done or something like that. And their pictures were like immediately uploaded. Yeah. Like immediately. And I'm just like, okay, what's wrong with, do I got like ugly hands or something that, that they're not like uploading it? And I really thought about it. And I'm like, and I started looking at a lot of these nail accounts for different Japanese nail salons in Japan and I noticed a pattern and I was like, so what? So black people don't get nails done here? I don't really see any black hands. They're all mostly light skin hands. And even if they are like white or cocky, you know, whatever, like yeah. um, if it, they're quote unquote aesthetic. So I was like, so my hand doesn't fit the aesthetic. Oh, okay. So my hands aren't pretty. Mm, yeah. They're not feminine enough. Mm -hmm. They've, you know, I've got black knuckles or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I don't even really, my hands aren't even that dark, which is the gag. Like yeah. I'm light skinned. So yeah. it's like, I, I already have a privilege, yeah. but it was, it was not even good enough to be online. That, and I know it, it means nothing to most people that like hurt my feelings. I was like, I really don't get no, like, like us as black women, we're not, allowed to participate in these things without like feeling some type of hurt like nobody's seeing it for us and like really hurt my feelings and you know it, it's um and i guess if, if you're not a, a, a black woman it might be hard for people to understand 
because you you know you're not in, you're not living their their experience. But and I think also too, I I think that you'd be surprised at how conscious maybe that Japanese person is about putting up your picture or not. Like they mm-hmm. might not intentionally. Right. But they just might think that, oh, I normally don't see black people. Then let me not go down this route. Yeah, let me not go down this route. It could have been a hundred things. Yeah. yeah. It was like a hundred, like. So imagery is is powerful. Yeah. It's it's very powerful. But I find that a bullshit excuse because you spent. I'm not saying it's an excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, you spent your your money there. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. Give a sister some love. Your money spends too. Yeah, it, it, it really hurt me. And then. It's probably something that discourages a lot of black women from getting into certain things. They're like, well, I don't see any, anybody else doing it. So maybe it's not for me and stuff like that. Did you ever confront him? Uh, no, I didn't. No. Because yeah, I'm, I'm not really should. a confrontational yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say, you know, yeah. yo, bitch, why my shit ain't, you know. Because what, what are they going to do? Like, hey, uh, okay, I upload the picture. Are you happy? They're not yeah. learning a lesson from that. Uh, yeah. It's not teaching them a lesson, in my eyes, at least. But then, um, so I, I put that up on my Instagram story and I was you know, just like, interested to see what people thought about it and it was mostly positive feedback like yeah or or like similar stories yeah girl that happened to me you know I did like a fashion snap and they didn't put my picture up and then somebody else did it who looked worse than me and they put it up immediately because you know they have a very glorified um, opinion of white people here so you could be you can be very plain Jane very basic but it's just it's the the general aesthetic of like a white person is very attractive in this country so those people will always get blasted online and they'll receive praise and stuff like that and you know it'll always be like a secondary thing if a a black girl or, or a woman of color does it so I got a lot of responses like that and I'm like okay it's not just me it's really I'm not like ODing basically you know before we get out of here I just want to I'm going to touch this real lightly because Mm -hmm. um, yeah we got to get out of here Um, I have a friend and um, Japanese guy he works in the film TV industry right Mm -hmm. and one day uh, we he told me we kind of had a discussion along these lines and he told me that there was this is not all agencies here in Japan Right, but there was one particular agency that it was basically like an unwritten policy, not to make, not to put black people in any type of lead roles and like commercials and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And wow. when he told me that, um, I'm not gonna lie, it, it, it kind of fucked with me mentally. Like mm-hmm. afterwards, like when I I don't really watch too much Japanese TV these days. I used mm-hmm. to watch a lot more, but honestly, like. When I watch TV now, and, and it's not that I'm offended or, or you know, you know, people are doing their thing, they're doing their thing. Mm-hmm. But now when I see these commercials, right, and they use foreigners and, and they use like a, a, I guess, an ideal, a married couple or something. Yes. And it's a white woman. And it's a white man. Mm-hmm. That always kind of, I always think back to what he told me. Yes. Like, did they pass somebody over? They do all the time. Just Are you because, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the time. I mean, I, I know it's done a lot, but yeah, yeah. Man, that's messed up. And, and you know, I I work in talent here sometimes too. I've done some commercials, and I've done you know certain things, and it's very apparent even on the set. They're okay. like, okay, you guys, white people, please stand here in the front. Oh, you guys are half? Oh, yeah, half is really, it's a boom now. It's yeah. cool to be half. You guys stand here. Oh, black people, please stand over there. Yeah, yeah. Or, it's, yeah. It's, so yeah. It's, it's apparent. It's very apparent. Okay. And it's happened to me, and it's a shame, but I would like to be positive and say things are slowly changing. Cool. And we can only hope for that. More black people need to come here and work in entertainment and change it up. Definitely. 
We're going we gonna to leave out on that note. But um, yes, do all your, your, your plugs, your social media. Where can people follow you and, and keep up with you and your Lolita fashion <laughs> stuff? Yeah, so um, basically I mostly post Japanese fashion and other subgenres and my take on it. I'm the most active on Instagram at ebunnyb. That's E-B-U-N-N-Y-B-E-E. And Twitter is the same, but there's a dot in between the ebunny and the B. So... Yeah, give me a little look. All right, <laughs> thanks it. for coming through. Show us some love. Thank you. It was really fun. Yes, yeah. awesome. Great having you and everything, and a wonderful discussion. We learned a lot. Yes, about and that's and the that's fashion. the that's the beauty of it. You know, I want to say that before I get out of here too mm-hmm. is that um, I didn't really know much about Lolita and Garu and all this stuff, and you mm-hmm. came here and broke it down. Yeah, and very simple for us. I'm sure it oh, goes happy. much deeper than this, but. You know, it's cool to learn things. You know, it's yeah. cool. You know, that's why we like bringing people on. To yeah. See yes. what they're into. And, and hopefully listeners, lo- you know, locally and abroad, mm-hmm. uh, outside of Japan will, you know, yeah, find be it inspired. Be inspired. Yes. Yeah. yeah, be inspired. I'm happy to share it. And I'm yeah. happy to share with the world that, yes, black women are interested in these things, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where we can be feminine and soft and beautiful and docile and reserved. We're out here. Yeah. We do those things, too. So. And hopefully, Absolutely. hopefully this this mm-hmm. reaches that girl in the Bronx. Come on now, you know what I mean? Do you think, girl? Bunny, you know? <laughs> is inspiring a lot of people, whether she knows it or not. You're beautiful. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank yep. you. Thank Peace you so much, Ebony. We out of here. Raw Urban Mobile Podcast from Tokyo. Peace. Later. Thank you for listening to the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. For more episodes, please visit rump.podbean.com, or you can head straight to Google and type in Raw urban mobile podcast you can also listen to us on spotify itunes and wherever you can stream or download podcasts